Hey everyone, this is Jim, and welcome to the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. For more information, please go to the main website at www.faithtestedbyfire.com. That address again is www.faithtestedbyfire.com. Today I want to talk about some things to remember during a test or trial. One of the areas that you may find where you're taking continual hits if you've been in a test or trial for any period of time is your attitude. It can be very easy to develop a negative attitude towards life, the people around you, and even God. Maybe you're wondering, why is this happening to me? It's no coincidence that Luke 18.1 says what it does. It says that men should never faint or give up when they're praying. Mentally speaking, you can find yourself in a place where you're ready to leave the field of play and go sit on the sidelines for the rest of the game. Tests and trials come to people who've dedicated their lives to God as well as people who could care less. Look at the lives of Jesus and all the apostles. At first, they drew, they drew crowds, large crowds, but then the world ended up hating them. The Apostle Paul describes all the tests and trials he went through in his letters to the church. So in other words, if you're living on the earth, you will be challenged either directly or indirectly because we're living in a fallen world. If you've made the choice to follow God, your choice and commitment will be put to the test by the evil that dwells in this world. The Bible says there are seasons in life and times of testing. But those times won't last forever, and you can come out on the other side better than you went in. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-6, through 6, I'm reading from the American King James Version, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, and undefiled that fades not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith to salvation ready to be revealed in the last time wherein you greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be you are in heaviness through manifold temptations the word temptations there can also be translated tests or trials the sixth verse of the English Standard Version reads it like this. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. One translation says for a little while, the other one says for a season. Either way, these situations are temporary and subject to change. In the Gospel of Mark, the fourth chapter, Jesus puts it like this. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 14. The sower sows the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. When they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise, which are on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution rises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, 
and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirty times, some sixty, and some a hundred. Again, that's the American King James Version. Uh, the Gospel of Luke words the last part this way. But they on good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. The word patience can be translated as cheerful, hopeful endurance. You can see many examples of people suffering tests and trials throughout the Bible. Sometimes people forgot God and Satan or evil spirits established a stronghold in their lives. Sometimes they became filled with greed and envy and they just didn't care until they lost everything. Some people fell into doubt and fear and forgot God's promises when confronted by enemies. As it was then, I guess it's really no different today, right? Then we have examples of those who chose to believe and trust God, looking beyond what they could see with their natural eyes. Those who had the kind of heart that God was looking for, that particular kind of person, that's the type of person you can become if it's something you truly want for yourself in your life. Everyone has a choice, don't they? God sets before them a choice. You can f choose to follow his word and persevere and believe and refuse to doubt, or you can do something else. If your choices have led you to the tough spot you're in, forgiveness and restoration is still God's perfect will for you because the Bible says that mercy triumphs over judgment in James 2.13. In other words, if you need mercy, it's there for the taking. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he has made him, God has made Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. God offers freedom from all of the junk that we experience in life, all of our hang-ups through the cross. The Bible says the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. It's a stumbling block for others. But for those who believe, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, King James Version says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Under the New Covenant, the Bible says, we have a better covenant established upon better promises. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 says, Now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which is established upon better promises. So with all of these truths, why are you personally struggling to overcome in your circumstances? Let me give you a personal example that may help. I once had an ugly looking growth that started on my scalp. It was about the size of a nickel. After doing what the Bible says, praying in Jesus' name and trusting God with all my heart, and I mean all my heart, it completely disappeared, leaving no trace whatsoever in about, after about a week of time, maybe about a week and a half. At the same time, I had a small cyst on my wrist and it was there for about two years. Here's the thing, I approached the one that was on my head with life or death fervency. I only prayed and talked to the Lord about it for five to ten minutes. But I was as serious as I've ever been in my life.
because of what it looked like or what I was told it looked like. Anyway, I couldn't see it myself. I could just feel it. I wasn't that way about my wrist because, honestly, I really didn't feel that threatened by it the way I did the other problem. What I've discovered over time is you could become comfortable with certain types of problems. Sure, you wish they weren't there, but you learn how to coexist with these problems or issues. Does that make sense? Certain problems, though, leave no room for error. When faced with them, it's amazing how fervent your praying and believing can become. It's only when you've had enough of something that everything finally can change. Two things are needed, faith and some true fervency of heart. What I mean by fervency isn't the loudness of your praying, whether you're praying out loud, screaming, or whether it's a softer tone of voice. It has nothing to do with the tone. It has everything to do with the intent. Another thing to consider is remember in the Old Testament how the Israelites of old drove out the inhabitants of the land that God gave to them. There's a great story that illustrates this. Um, Exodus chapter 23. I'm going to read to you verses 22 through 30. It says, But if you shall indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel shall go before you and bring you into the uh, Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. You shall not bow down to their gods nor serve them, nor do after their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the middle of you. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in your land. The number of your days I will fulfill. I will send my fear before you, and will destroy all the people to whom you shall come, and I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beast of the field multiply against you. But little by little I will drive them out before you until you be increased and inherit the land. So you can see there what God says, little by little I will drive them out before you. In some circumstances, God changes things little by little. Other times, nothing seems to change at all until all of a sudden it does. The point is, God is faithful. He is not against you. Jesus isn't forsaking you. He's the reason, actually, you haven't given up completely already if you can receive that. So that's about all I have to say on this subject today. Just realize that the Bible tells you not to lean on your own understanding for a reason. Because if figuring out was the key to you getting the victory, then you would have had it long ago. Because like most people, in a test or trial, you look the situation up and down every which way you can. You deliberate about it. You talk to people about it. You read books about it. But really, the only thing that you really need to do is to pray 
trust God, and just do what you can do. Because ultimately, what you can do may not be enough, but that's okay. Because we have faith in a God who, as the Bible says, is more than enough. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So begin to talk like that. Begin to remind yourself about that. Begin to remind yourself, even if you have to self-talk yourself out of discouragement and into encouragement and out of doubt or fear and into faith. These are the practical things that you can do in everyday life as you go from one hour to the next, as you go from one day of the week to the next day of the week. And if it doesn't happen immediately, all of a sudden, that's okay. Little by little, the enemies of your life will be driven out from before you. You will be increased and you will inherit your own land that God has designed for you in your individual life. So this is Jim. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. For more information, again, you can go to www.faithtestedbyfire.com. Join the mailing list, and I'll talk to you soon.